Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market and provide 24-7 support. And their system can be used with multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. I know Coach Rodriguez uses it at East Bay and it helped them with the winning season last season. We at Lafayette are excited this upcoming season to use it and to put it to good use on our sidelines. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore. Again, check them out on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We've got uh, Jeremy Reed, the head football coach at UConn High School out in Oklahoma. Uh, coach, we're glad to have you. How you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys asking me to come on. Well, we're excited to have you, and uh, hopefully uh, our listeners will get some good stuff out of it. But, uh, you know, why don't you go ahead and start by giving us some background of where you're from and, you know, where you played and talk about your coaching journey a little bit. Okay. I'm from a little town in southern Oklahoma called Marietta. Uh, it's a 2A high school. Um, I was a four-year starter at quarterback there, so that tells you we weren't very good if I started all four years. Uh, starting my junior year, we threw the ball at, <clears throat> absolutely everywhere, so that'll probably come up in some other questions. But I actually started out as a uh, slinging it around type guy. Um, broke my ankle right before reporting to a Mid-American Nazarene in Olathe, Kansas uh, for college and ended up going there for a year and then uh, transferred to southeastern Oklahoma State, uh, where I finished up in 2004. Uh, Coaching-wise, I started out in uh, Sand Springs, a 6A high school in Tulsa, as an offensive coordinator for two years. Uh, was then uh, approached about a 2A head coaching job uh, in Colgate and was there for one year. Then went to Ardmore High School, a 5A school, uh, and was the offensive coordinator there for three years, and then was the head coach at Dixon High School um, for three years, and that's where, in the third years, where my flexbone journey started. And then I was a head coach at Altus for two, uh, head coach at Lake Hamilton, Arkansas for one, and, and now I'm in my second year here at uh, 6A UConn. Oh, that's well, awesome. Coach, that's, that's great. Oh, go ahead, Tony. No, I was just going to ask you, Coach, uh, t- can you talk a little bit more about the, uh, your Flexbone experience and maybe give us a mentor, uh, um, you know, that you, that you learned from and, and, and learned this offense from? Okay, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's quite the journey I, I've had. Um, you know, I, I don't put it all on, on the Flexbone. I think there's a lot of things goes into winning and losing. But, you know, as a head coach before the Flexbone, I was 13 and 17. Since then, um, 37 and 17. And – I thought that was uh, an interesting statistic. 
Um, I had some great, great role models and guys that I worked for in my career, uh, starting at St. Springs with Brad Odom, then at Ardmore with Mike Lloyd. Uh, Coach Lloyd played in the NFL, uh, played at Tulsa, um, was a, a head coach at NEO Junior College here in Oklahoma, won a national title. And then uh, the last guy that I worked for was Larry McBroom. And Coach McBroom was part of 10 state titles, seven of them as a head coach, just a phenomenal, phenomenal head coach, phenomenal man. And really that's where I take a lot of the things I do from a head coaching standpoint. I've never seen anybody be so detail-oriented and have so much intentionality to things as he did. And then in 2013, I was at Dixon. It was my third year, and, and Dixon High School has more 0-10 seasons than winning seasons in the history of the school. It just has not been very productive. And we were doing some really good things. We were improving uh, our first year to our second year. Uh, but I just felt like we weren't giving our kids probably the best chance. We had one kid that ran under a five flat on the entire team. And so I started researching. And long story short, I found a guy named Kenny Wheaton. And Coach Wheaton and I have become uh, best friends. We talk literally every day. And, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about option football if I wouldn't have developed a, re a relationship with him and, and become just more than just friends of, of the game. Uh, truly, you know, having a relationship outside the game. So, um, you know, I, I got to give all credit of, of what I do to, to Coach Wheaton and, and sure think the world of him. Well, you know, Kenny's a special dude, and uh, you know, he's a character, that's for sure. But, uh, but, uh, but a great guy, and, and uh, you know, I've leaned on him as well. And uh, you know, I, with him, man, I tell you, there, he, he's he gives freely, and that's the thing about him I love. You know, he'll talk with you on the phone for an hour, or, and sometimes that turns into two. You know, but uh, you know, with resources and things, I mean, he's. Uh, you know, he's great. I can't, you know, talk, you know, say anything bad about him at all, man. He's awesome. So, and it's great that you got a chance to, you know, get close with him because um, I'm going to tell you, talking with him is like getting a doctorate in Flexbone, isn't it? Yeah. He's, you know, that's, I, I feel like that's why I was able to advance so quickly in, in some knowledge because just talking with him every day, um, you know, especially early on was like every day I was learning something new and, uh, you know, it's just been a, a fast-forward course in, in learning the ins and outs of Flexbone because he's done it for, I mean, 35-plus years. That's all he's ever done. And so, you know, he can tell you, no, I've tried that. I wouldn't go that route. Or, hey, that was really good back in 1991. I mean, he, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> to listen to him of, of things he's done and wouldn't do. And, hey, yeah, I'd like to bring that back. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's invaluable information. Great man. Hey, Coach, talk to us a little bit about, um, you, you know, you got a triple option uh, within your team and everything, but how do you get your uh, this current generation and your, your your kids to buy into the triple option, you know, particularly with this, you know, generation of seven-on-seven seven and what offers you got and all that? You know, how do you get your guys to buy into this offense? You know, I, I've never really had a – issue with that you know and I know that, that the issues out there I do think that you know when you go and take a, a coaching job that not every community is going to accept uh, what we do offensively and so I think you've got to be uh, somewhat selective in, in how you approach that uh, it doesn't fit in every single school um, the schools I've gone in and, and installed it 
you know, when you enter campus, there's some doubt. You know, there's there's quite a bit of doubt from kids, from from coaches on staff, from community. Um, you know, I've I've heard everything you can imagine. Uh, you know, when entering, you know, I've got letters from an outgoing coach before that that highlighted all the Georgia Tech linemen and said you'll never win in 5A with with 200 pound linemen. Two years later, we win a state title. Um, you know, I've been I've had a headline in the newspaper last year here at UConn that said, uh, "Will it work?" Uh, most people say it won't. And, you know, we average 333 a game in, in the best football in Oklahoma. Uh, so I don't think that, that you get caught up on what everybody else is doing if you feel really, really good about how you and your coaches can get things uh, implemented, how you get your teaching out there. Uh, and then for the kids, it's about seeing it. You know, every place I've been, there's been that one moment that the, that the light uh, switch flipped and, the, and they go, okay, this thing's for real. And for me, uh, because of our rules in Oklahoma, we get to do a team camp, and that's always usually the last week of May, first week of June, so it's right after spring football. Every place that I've installed this, that's when the aha moment has come because we'll go to team camp and have just a, a lot of success. And the kids look at you and go, wow, this stuff really does work. And so then, you know, seeing is believing, and from there we just build on it. We, we believe that although they got to see it to believe it, we think our culture also really helps um, the impact of what we're doing offensively and, and gets a little more buy-in as well. Uh, that's awesome. And I, I kind of similarly uh, here recently, we participated in a seven on seven competition and there was a newspaper reporter. And uh, after we get done competing, the, the headline is East Bay's changing their, you know, changing their ways. You know what I mean? <laughs> All of a sudden, because we're working on our passing game now, we're we're scrapping the run offense. You know what I mean? It's 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 so crazy, man. I, I can relate to you. Definitely. Their coach. Um. <clears throat> Coach McLeod, man, I, I skipped question number three. I think maybe we go back to that uh, and then kind of piggyback into the culture con, uh, um, conversation. Uh, Coach Coach Reed does a great job, man. Yeah. I, um, I think, too, I want to talk about uh, three-dimensional coaching a little bit. So, let, let's – your program uh, that maybe some – some other coaches or other teams aren't doing kind of sets you apart. Uh, and then the second part of that, we'll get into three-dimensional coaching. Okay. Uh, man, I, I know we play a lot of really good people, as I'm sure, you know, everybody listening does and, and you guys do. So I know a lot of programs do a lot of great things. Uh, I'll be quite honest. I don't know exactly what people do uh, in our district as far as, you know, their everyday things. Um, you know, some things that I guess that I feel like we do that are important to our, to our overall program that are, that are not football-related uh, are Adopt-A-Miller program or whatever school you're at. It's Adopt-Your-Mascot. Uh, I think that's a big key. Program. Every player in our uh, 10th through 12th grade is adopted by a community member. And through that, they develop a relationship outside of sport. It's a great way to, to be encouraged through the community. It's also a way for our – kids to meet people uh, within the community that you know you're not having to do something related to to the sport uh, we give those adoptive parents a few criteria of what we ask them to do such as uh, make a call or text once a week on game days they bring them a small treat and, and we give all these adoptive parents kind of a an information sheet what's your favorite candy what's your favorite drink what's your favorite meal 
Uh, we ask them once a month to, to have a sit down meal with them, whether that's in their home or, or taking them out to eat. And we ask them uh, if they can to be at the games to see the kids afterwards. And then we like to honor those families at the end of the year in front of our crowd, just showing what they're doing. It, it's kind of a quiet program. It's not something we look to put out there in the newspaper every week. Uh, it's just a way to, to kind of tie our program into the community. And, and it's been uh, extremely beneficial everywhere I've done that. Um, we do a leadership 101 class every off season. And I've, I've kind of changed that up recently. Of I used to teach leadership to a, to a whole team and, you know, basically you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to it and we're all going to be better leaders. And I started thinking, you know, that's not in everybody's uh, makeup. Not everybody wants to be a leader. So we have recently changed that up to it's a volunteer class that on Wednesdays in our off season, that's kind of our off day. And so we do leadership 101 at 645 or you get to sleep in and report at 730. And so now we're, we're feeding those guys that truly want leadership. And we tie that into being a part of our leadership council. And, uh, you know, just this year already it's paid huge dividends and in, in a few kids that we have that went from, I don't know if they're quite going to make it or, or if they're going to lead our team down the wrong path to being two of our strongest leaders. And, you know, when I asked one of those young men what changed, he said, Coach, I just realized during our time that it was time for me to buy in and get on board and, and do the things that makes our team most successful. So we've seen great dividends from that. Um, I like to do a – off-season meal in my house with uh, about 10 kids at a time. Uh, come in and, and we have a meal my wife fixes for us and just sit around and talk. And then I have a list of about seven questions that we go through that are that are non-football related, uh, just kind of a, a round table. And it's been extremely beneficial for our kids get to know each other and do it in, in a home setting. Uh, just have seen a lot of benefit from that. Uh, we're getting ready uh, to do our senior and coach dad retreat uh, every year. I've been doing this, uh, I guess, since I became a head coach. And we'll take all of our seniors. Um, recently, we started including our dads and all of our coaches and go for two days overnight. And most of the time, it's just going to be – I tell my coaches, I want to be very laid back. I don't want to do anything but serve our seniors, uh, show them how we can serve them in any way possible. Um, currently we're going to a place they can go fishing or, or there's a lot of things for it to do. And then we'll have a time at, at that night uh, that we sit down and do some leadership stuff and do some uh, what I call circle of affirmation where we get to pour back into each other. And, um, you know, the seniors here at UConn last year said that was a turning point of what they believed uh, in our program uh, was that senior and dad coach retreat. It's also a great way for those dads to get to kind of get an inner look at kind of how we, interact, you know, from a coach to a player and a player to a coach. I think it's pretty neat to be able to see that. Um, one thing that we do every day during the season is a, what we call spotlight drill. And this, this comes through 3D coaching uh, that yep. I've been for quite some time. Um, at the end of the day, I'll ask my coaches, does anybody have a spotlight? And uh, the coach says, yeah, I've got Johnny today. Johnny uh, was great in drills of helping uh, our new player out or, or it could be a, a hundred different things. It could be, we, we've had this instance before where a teacher had a flat in the, in the parking lot and one of our kids helped change that flat. And, you know, they of course emailed me. So we honored that kid that day. So we honor the kid, the kid stands up and then our kids raise their hand and I call on, call on them. And then they know they got to stand up, call the young man by his first name and then tell them what they appreciate about him in a non-football sense. You know, at first when you do this, it's kind of goofy, it's uncomfortable. 
our kids ask for this drill now. And it's uh, one of the biggest ways that we implement confidence into our program. It's a game changer. Every coach that has come and visited us in the spring to, to learn about Flexbone has walked away talking about the spotlight drill. Just an amazing uh, time for your team each day. Coach, you guys um, also teach your players to serve your community. I've seen recently on your Twitter um, where you, you have your kids go to, like, the local Walmart, and uh, you guys are carrying out groceries and things like that as well, right? Absolutely. You know, we feel like um, acts of service is something that is, is huge uh, to teach a kid. I'll be honest, I wish I would have been taught that more as a young, uh, young man. I grew up in a great home, Christian home. I was at church every Wednesday and Sunday, but I'll be honest, I can't remember one service project I ever did. And so we, we made it a goal this year uh, to do multiple service projects. We, we served at our local food pantry uh, earlier in the spring. Uh, we did a, a toy drive. We did um, uh, some things for foster kids. And then recently this summer, every Saturday, we went to the local Walmart and asked if we could give out free bottled water and push groceries out for free. And uh, we got shirts made that just said, thank you, Yukon, just trying to give back. You know, if we would have took donations, I bet we would have brought in thousands of dollars. We, we were kept, we kept being offered these donations and we said, no, we're not taking any. And some people actually got offended and they said, <laughs> why in the world are you doing this? And you know, our kids said, hey, we're just wanting to give back to our community. And it was a great experience for our kids, <clears throat> excuse me, because you would be blown away by the reaction of these people. Uh, some of them would try to walk past you as fast as they can. Uh, some people would look at you and not respond to what you were saying. They didn't know how to fully grasp the word free. You know, in, in America, we all have been taught nothing is for free. And what we were telling our kids is we're going against what the world tells us. We're wanting to give stuff for free and people don't know how to react to it. And so it was great for them to see the reaction of others. We, we did uh, six of them this summer and I think it was very impactful uh, for our kids to see that kind of on those lines during the season, we give our helmet stickers also an acts of service. Uh, every Thursday we set our team down and we don't give helmet stickers based on yards or touchdowns. Uh, our, our kids will raise their hand and it may be, Hey, Billy gave me a ride home this week. Uh, I'd, I'd like to honor him. And so he gets a helmet sticker. Hey, uh, Caleb helped me with math this week. I was really struggling. He gets a helmet sticker. And you can go down the line. It's non-football related. It's acts of service. And so, again, we think that's another avenue to keep our team the team. You know, one of the biggest struggles as a coach is sometimes how do you keep kids involved that, let's just be honest, don't have enough ability to play on a Friday night. And, you know, I think all of us would say we would love to play everybody. We're not YMCA and going to play everybody, but we would love to because those kids come to practice they have great attitude, great work ethic, but they just don't have the skills to get on the field. And so as a staff, we, we try to come up with multiple things to make sure kids know they're valuable in our program beyond the playing field. That's awesome. <laughs> Coach, that's awesome. I, I tell you, um, that spotlight drill now, so, so, so just to kind of come back full circle, um, I took that three-dimensional coaching class for credit, you know, for research credit um, mm -hmm. this off season because um, I was in a quest to kind of try to find 
a better way to, to serve and to coach um, the, the kids of today. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it was, it was an awesome course. Um, you know, I learned a lot. I had, I had found it about four or five years ago, put it off because, you know, didn't know exactly if it would align for what I was looking for. And, and I regret after taking it, I surely regretted it not taking it then. Um, maybe talk a little bit about um, how that's kind of helped guide you in your journey to be a better person, a better father and a better coach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that three dimensional coaching is a, is a passion of mine. Um, just like the Flexbone is and in and, and our program. Um, I was introduced to three-dimensional coaching when it was still on Vimeo. There was no research out there online. You couldn't go to the 3D Institute. Uh, it was still in its early stages and just fortunate to get in very early. Um, very ironically, it was the same year I switched to the Flexbone. Uh, so uh, my, my record is uh, pre-flexbone in 3D and post-flexbone in 3D. And I, I think those things have really tied together for me. But yeah. three-dimensional co coaching, I tell everybody, I don't let anybody come visit us about flexbone without walking away knowing what three-dimensional coaching is because it changed how I operate as a football coach. And the biggest thing that, that I want people to understand about three-dimensional coaching is it's a framework. You know, just like we all build a house, everybody starts with a frame. And at that point, it's kind of hard to tell what your house looks like. But once you start putting other things on that frame, everybody's houses can look different. And three-dimensional coaching is the same way. Three-dimensional coaching is nothing but a framework of how you're going to operate. Um, it's also uh, very important that you understand that through three-dimensional coaching, you, uh, you're going to develop your why or your transformational purpose statement. And that statement is to direct you through good times and bad. You know, we've all had those bad days of practice or we're having those bad years. Uh, you know, we've got a parent that just won't leave us alone and we go, man, do I really want to do this? And when you have those doubts or you, or you, or you have those thoughts that, that aren't so positive, you're supposed to be able to look back at your statement and remember why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, I developed mine uh, quite a while ago and it stayed with me and it's been very impactful. And it says to give coaches, players, and community hope through motivation, leadership, and vision. And what I love about 3D coaching is everybody's why statement is going to be different because we all should be different. There's no cookie cutter. Um, it's, a, it's a structure. It's a way to build strategies into your program. Um, we all have strategies in this flex bone. You know, if we get a seven man front, eight man front, odd, even, uh, one high, two high, all these different things that we look at, every guy out there has got a strategy to defeat that. But when we visit with coaches and I've been so fortunate, um, after we won the title at Altus, they came out and did a, a video about my story in 3d coaching that's out there online. Uh, spoke in Denver this winter and spoke in Atlanta to, over 600 directors from around the United States and FCA talking about 3D coaching. Um, what, what I never get an answer back is when I say, what's your strategy for daily motivation? What's your strategy right. to implement daily confidence? What's your strategy to build team cohesion? And sometimes you'll get some generic answers, you know, of, hey, I've got this quote on the wall or we've got these core values. But what about that intentional strategy like we're going to load on an eight-man front or we're going to run zone dive to number one, not closing? I mean, what's your strategy? Be intentional about it. And so that's the game changer for me is when I started thinking in terms of daily 
events in our program and weekly, monthly, yearly events, just like I do the game of football. And as a staff, we actually sit down and we build our strategies every fall and every spring. We reevaluate. All right, guys, how are we going to make confidence a daily, weekly, monthly season thing that we do? And we go through all the five second dimension categories of motivation, confidence, team cohesion, goal setting, and emotions. Emotions being joy. You know, the thing that I feel like we've done in football uh, specifically, or sport, I should say, we've taken the joy out of sport. And so what are we doing to make these kids to go back to thinking like they're on the playground? You know, it may, it may only need to be a five-minute deal in your practice, but how can you do something to bring that joy back uh, every so often? And so anyway, by doing those things, it's reevaluated me as a person. You know, it reevaluated how I treat my kids, how I think about some things that they do. And when I say kids, I'm talking players and my own kids. You know, it, it really changed how my wife thought about coaching. Until I got into three-dimensional coaching, she didn't understand as well of why I was gone so much. You know, until she knew my why statement to give coaches, players, and community hope through motivation, leadership, and vision, she didn't know exactly what my mission was in coaching other than winning and losing. And so by her knowing that, it has totally changed her approach to what I do. And now we're not just a coach and a wife. We're a coaching tandem together that do this thing together. And, and I think that was the game changer uh, for my family when we did that. Coach, I, I can't – I mean, that's awesome. And I, and I agree with you. Um, you know, we, we did some stuff in, the pro, in our program, you know, that sort of aligned with some of the principles and strategies. Uh, but but when, you, when you look at the engagement of parents and what that, the, the strategies that it can give, the 3D coaches can, or coaching can give you, Man, I, I thought that was just uh, where it took us over the top. Um, we, we did a pretty good job with the kids, I felt like. You know, um, some of the things things you're talking about, bringing them over for meals and talking about, you know, their backgrounds and getting them to open up to the other kids around them that may not know them. Like maybe you know the background as a coach, but the teammate doesn't, you know. So we did a lot of that stuff, did a lot of community service. But where I thought we failed was the connection with the parents and bringing them into the program. And not because we, we didn't want them, it's just because we didn't develop it. You know, right. we just didn't work on it. And, you know, I thought, you know, well, first of all, all the things you mentioned were a huge takeaway for us because, well, for me, you know, um, you know being able to uh, change your, your philosophy on, on how you're working more efficiently with your family involved, that they understand your why statement and why you know why you're doing the things you're doing, just like you said. But 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 I think you know the, the biggest thing for our program was you know the the engagement of the parents and 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 that spotlight drill has been great for us because you know we bring that you know there's quite a few parents that come you know because we're practicing at night right so you know they're off work and they want to go see what's going on with their kids and and there'll be quite a few out of practice and you know we'll walk them up you know, and they'll, they'll stand right around us in our team huddle, you know, and they'll, they'll hear, you know, a coach talk about, you know, a kid who uh, packed up the truck with all the equipment with one of the assistants and how helpful they were and then went back over there after they got to the practice field and unloaded it, you know, and then there'll be two, three, four, five kids talk about, hey, well, not only did they do that, they helped me locker room, you know, we had a, you know, hey, they were helping a freshman get their helmet buckled and, 
you know, those kind of things. And it's been, you're right, it's a game changer. I, I, it's about, about the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it, it totally changed not just me, but then, you know, the staff that I've been able to go and implement it at. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing that, that I've had most fun with is watching our staffs develop off of it, you know, because right, wrong, indifferent, I don't know. Um, a lot of people aren't exposed to, to that way of coaching. Um, you know, it's just a, it's, it's different. Some people view it as soft. If they came to our practice, they'd know it's not soft. You know, I think that's one thing that when you attach FCA or you attach anything spiritual to, to what you're doing, you know, that's looked at as soft and, and it's, it's not, it hasn't changed how I coach kids from a manner of getting the most out of them or, or, you know, does our voices ever raise? Absolutely. But they're able to do that because of the relationships we have with kids. Well, you mentioned the parents and I, I fully agree. I think that's one of the biggest disconnects, you know, in high school sports is being able to stay connected with your parents in a positive way. You know, like I always give the illustration to my coaching staff, name one scenario that a parent comes and, and visits you in your in your facility that's usually not a negative circumstance. You know, it's not very often. And so this, uh, I've done it at other places, but this offseason we um, made it a, a big-time priority where our coaching staff went and did over 100 in-home visits with 8th through 11th grade kids of, of last year. And uh, we paired up. Um, this was not a mandatory. You know, a kid did not have to have us in. Uh, we developed a Google Doc, and they went up and signed in for the times that we had allotted each day. Uh, then two of our coaches would sign up after the kids signed up, and they put their address and their parents' name. And uh, It was just a great, great time for us. You know, was it very time-consuming? Absolutely. Uh, but I know the benefits from that are going to be tremendous. You know, there's just something different when a parent comes and sets in your facility because whether it's a negative or positive conversation, let's be real, that that's a – somewhat threatening or intimidating environment because it's the coach's environment. It's not their, their environment and they're walking into something that's not theirs. So when we flip the script and we as coaches walk into their living room and sit on their couch, they can be a lot more relaxed and a lot more free about speaking anything that maybe is on their heart. And so our coaching staff went in with five things that we covered uh, consistently with every household and, then we really allotted most of the time uh, for the for the family to, to talk and to ask us questions. And um, I don't know, it's just I think it's the the biggest thing we've done is uh, is really branch out and try to develop that relationship with the parent um, on their terms instead of hoping that a relationship happens through our program in other ways. Uh, Coach, that was one of the coolest things I was seeing on Twitter this <clears throat> this summer. You're talking about that was where you would have the uh, offered sign, right? Right. And um, I remember uh, sitting down to lunch, and you were talking about it in Dallas there. Um, when you're going into those homes, you're not just offering the kid to be a part of the program. You're asking that family. You were saying, hey, you're you're in this program t uh, as well, and we need you. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we made those offered letters and, uh, you know, kind of stand off the college type thing. Yeah. But the offered letter meant nothing regarding football. You know, we, we didn't talk about football regarding that. That was an offer to be in our program. And what we told those families is, you know, we love your son. We're pouring into him daily. And we want him in our program, obviously. But we also want to extend an offer to your family. You know, we want you to be a part of our program and, and be a part of the red and white, be a part of the Millers. And we want to assist you in any way we can. 
and we our hope is you will assist us in any way uh, that you can back. So uh, that was a big ending. That was our ending conversation each each visit, and then of course we finished with a pitcher. And you know we knew that we were going to get some negativity on, especially from maybe some opponents we play on Twitter. But it, we don't care. Yeah, we're not worried about other people. We knew that that was a big thing for our kids. Of after that visit, a family understands what our program's about and understands what we're about and we understand what they're about. And so there's just a much deeper relationship than football, and our hope is we can utilize that to not just make UConn football great, but make UConn athletics great, make UConn academics great, make UConn fine arts, whatever it is, to continue to build the brand of, of more than just sport. I thought it was one of the coolest things. I, I mean, I, uh, after you guys had it going for a little while, I've seen other high schools all across the country modeling after you guys. I mean, I, I thought it was just the neatest thing in the world. It was, uh, it was very beneficial. It opened our coaches' eyes. You know, it, it, as a head coach, you see all kinds of stuff. You hear all kinds of stuff. It's just especially in the nature of my program where, you know, we'll have 7 through 12, 250-plus um, kids uh, just guessing, you know, so it's a large number. If you're an assistant, sometimes you don't see the ins and the outs of kind of what happens. So it was very eye-opening for a lot of our assistants to be able to go in and visit with these parents and, and get some experience of answering some maybe some questions that are tough. And we had no negative experience through that entire 100-plus kids, but we had so much good feedback from our assistants coming back and going, hey, do you know – and I just think it builds our program for a lot of different ways that, that maybe you can't express on paper or, or know until you go and do it. Absolutely. Hey, shifting gears a little bit, Coach, here. Um, uh, speaking of social media, man, I've seen you all over the country this summer as well, man. I've seen you in Atlanta at Air Force and Navy, Air Army. I mean, you're all over the place, man. I know you got some players out there playing. And uh, we can talk about some of the places you were able to visit and uh, – um, also, you know, share your program with some of these places. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate this offseason. Uh, started out going to Air Force. Uh, I've got a, a kid that was my B-back out at Altus that's out there, and so I went and spent four days uh, just getting to see him in spring football. And um, Coach Calhoun has been amazing to me for, for quite a few years. Uh, we've really got a great relationship, and he's just been phenomenal to me. And then I developed a, a relationship with several of those assistants. And so I got to go out there and be involved in all their meetings and, and uh, just really uh, act like I was an air force coach for four days. You know, I, I just sat there and shut up. Don't get me wrong. But, That's it. Uh, it was a great, great time to, to be able to sit there and, and uh, hear some things they were doing. And then of course we got to get on the board and, and look at some different stuff. Um, when I went down to Atlanta, that was actually through FCA when I was uh, – they, they brought me down there to speak for the three-dimensional coaching stuff. And, and I said, man, if I'm going to be this close, I'm going to Kennesaw State. That's uh, it. Kennesaw That's State it. is uh, doing an amazing job. They are, they are really operating at a high level. Uh, they're running the triple option more than anybody in the country right now that I can find uh, as far as running the true triple. Of course, they made the quarterfinals last year. And so I went and spent a day and a half with them. And uh, just phenomenal guys, phenomenal guys. Several of them are former high school coaches. Uh, coach Brian Bohannon is, uh, man, he's an amazing head coach. I was, I didn't know him prior to my visit. Uh, he, he's doing some great stuff, and he's going to be a name everybody knows real soon. 
but that staff is really, really a good staff. We developed a great relationship that I think will continue for years to come. Um, then just because I was there, uh, Georgia Tech was having a coach's clinic the next day. And <laughs> I, I said, well, Brooke, there's a coach's clinic at Georgia Tech. And it's just one more day. Said, yeah, you're crazy if you don't stay. So I got a good wife. So I stayed one more day and uh, I was – the only bad thing about this whole trip, I was by myself. I didn't get to take any of my staff guys. It just didn't work out. Uh, so, anyway, I went to Georgia Tech for one day and got to watch their practice and uh, for uh, Friday and Saturday and then fly back home. So, it was, uh, it was an eventful offseason for me. Yeah, man, you went, all, you went to every uh, uh, triple option uh, school just about, man. That's awesome. I was, I was super jealous, Coach. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know if I'll be able to do that every year, but uh, boy, it sure spoiled me. I, I would like to. Man, that's awesome. Well, we got one more question here uh, for you. Um, you know, I, I live down here in Florida and um, got to go to Dallas. Uh, this was the first time I've ever been to Texas, man. And uh, old Larry Thaxton, boy, he drove me around and showed me some of the facilities uh, there, in, there, there in Texas. I had no idea football was on steroids there in Texas like it is, you know what I mean? Um, but then uh, I, I get to see pictures of uh, UConn there every now and then on, on, on social media. Can you kind of talk about the facilities where you're at and then uh, how does uh, Oklahoma stack up there with Texas and the arms race, so to speak? Yeah, you know, UConn is a – boy, it's a special place for facilities. And, and when I say facilities, I mean every facility we have. Um, our, I'll start with the other ones that we have – a phenomenal gym that we hosted um, two different state tournaments this basketball season. Uh, our baseball and softball facility is unbelievable. We've hosted the small school um, in, in Oklahoma. They have a small school fall baseball. So um, we've hosted that state tournament. We've hosted the 5A state tournament in the spring. Uh, we've hosted the state track meet here at our stadium uh, multiple times. And then, our football stadium, <clears throat> I believe when it was built six, seven years ago, it's a little over 17 million. Uh, the press box is uh, <clears throat> two-story. Uh, it's just it's laid out like a college press box as far as it's got two suites, and then it's got a, a big thing in the middle for media that's two-level. And then upstairs is uh, obviously the coaching boxes, the radio, and then there's a, a huge outdoor platform that's covered for filming. Um, the stadium, you know, will hold – you know, I know when we play Mustang, our biggest rival, it's standing room only, and there's a little over 10,000 uh, when we when wow. we host that. Uh, um, in the south end zone, we've got a two-story, uh, call it the wellness center. You know, so on the bottom is our weight room, our locker room that has over 150 uh, lockers for 9 through 12. It's got a manager's room with, you know, the washer and dryer, and it's got the lockers, the little cubby holes where kids get their laundry every day. Um of course, we've got visiting locker rooms down there. And then upstairs is actually our coaches' offices. Uh, we've got a, a huge, what we call the war room for assistance. Our offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator have their own office. And then, of course, I have my office. Um, and then upstairs, we also have a, a ridiculous training room. We have three full-time athletic trainers um, with everything you want in there for, for you know, getting a kid ready, um, even physical therapy. Uh, we do our own in-house physical therapy for the most part. We've got a, a swimming pool that's got the treadmill in the bottom. So if we have a kid that's needing to rehab, it's got the treadmill, and you can turn on the TV and watch how they're doing down on the treadmill. 
Uh, we've got a small hot tub for, for rehab. Um, the thing about my career, I've never been anywhere that I didn't have to kind of redo facilities. Well, there is nothing to redo here. It is, uh, we've got everything and more. You know, that's what we've told, you know, our kids. They don't know how lucky they are. Uh, you know, the history of UConn football has not been very good. They've averaged four wins through the history. We were fortunate last year to break an 0-13 streak and go 4-6. and six. We also were the first ones to win in 6-A-1. For us in Oklahoma, we've got it split in 6-A-1 and 6-A-2. And UConn hadn't had any victories in 6-A-1. And so uh, that was a big deal for us. But what we're telling them is, guys, everything that everybody wants, you already have. You need to you need to make sure you understand that when you walk in these doors every day. So um, we're very fortunate. We we tell our kids all the time just how blessed they are. I'm telling you, man, it's the University of UConn. <laughs> we actually had a lady come here yesterday uh, doing some scouting. I guess there there's some movie wanting to be filmed, and uh, she was here yesterday taking pictures, wanting to know about possibly using our facility to film this movie. And uh, that's awesome. I don't, I don't know if it's going to work out or not. They're wanting to film it in October, and that's uh, that's going to be kind of tough to to work around on their part. I I don't really want to interrupt uh, our kids' season to, to film the movie, but we'll see. No, that's fantastic, man. Sounds like uh, our facility, uh, Coach McLeod, just only different. <laughs> Slightly different, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, we ain't got anything like that up here now, I can tell you that. And that's that's not the norm in Oklahoma. We're very fortunate. You know, uh, there's a couple of others here on the west side of the state that have very nice facilities. I, I, I don't think any of them come close to what ours is. Uh, now, the east side of the state, Broken Arrow, Jinx, Union, and uh, Owasso, they'll be comparable, but they won't, they won't outbeat us uh, on that. Now, Broken Arrow's got a – a phenomenal 100 yard uh, indoor and weight room and all that's that's crazy crazy nice but uh we're pretty fortunate we're we're not lacking in in resources or or behind in facilities for uh, people to look at well coach keep doing what you're doing man i'm gonna uh i'm a big fan from afar of, of your program and um and uh I'm, I'm i'm loving what you guys are uh, doing out there in oklahoma well, I'm just very fortunate to have, number one, an administration that allows me to, to coach the way I coach because just like the flex bone wouldn't work in every school, I wouldn't either. I'm very open about um, uh, my Christianity and, and as far as how we run our program, uh, believe in praying with kids if they need a prayer, believe in praying with our team. Um, and, you know, I know I couldn't do that everywhere. Um, so I've got a great administration, great superintendent and athletic director and, and principal got a phenomenal coaching staff that pretty much I got to hire. Uh, I've got me and 14 guys that are nine through 12 and, and just a phenomenal group of men who, um, you know, grabbed a hold of the vision that I brought in and ran with it uh, on their own. You know, and that's what I love is guys that uh, will come in and do things like that. And, you know, we had, we hired a new guy and I, I took a vacation and he said, coach, no slap on you, but, um, kids just kind of acted as normal and did their workout and it was really good. And I said, you know what, it's the best thing I've heard because my goal is for people to walk in and not know who the head coach is. And so I've got a great, great group of coaches on offense and defense. And then we've got here at UConn, we've got great kids that are, that are hungry to do things right. Uh, we know we're not going to always beat people uh, ever probably athletically, but through discipline and through uh, attention to detail, we'll have a chance. So 
I'm real fortunate. I, I'm blessed beyond my measures or what I deserve in my in my coaching. So a um, lot goes into it other than me, I, prom- I, I can promise you that. Well, that's awesome. Coach McLeod, you ready to wrap this thing hey, up, man? man? I just – no, I'm, uh, Jeremy, I just I really appreciate you coming on with us. Man, this has been awesome, you know, and when Tony and I kind of set out on this quest, uh, these are the kind of podcasts with the kind of guests that we wanted to have, you know, where you're, you're able to talk about yourself and the things that you've done to, to help your journey and to grow your journey and talk about your program and how, you know, option football and, and, and also 3D coaching has kind of kind of wrapped up in this big ball that you're using to, uh, to, to really promote this great sport that we all love. So, uh, Coach, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on with us. We wish you the best of luck this year. Um, you know, and if there's anything Tony can I can ever do, you know, please just reach out or call us or hit us on Twitter or something, man. We, we'd be happy to help. Absolutely. And just like Coach Wheaton, you said, is free giving. I, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to help anybody that if there's something that stuck out, uh, feel free to contact me, whether it's, like I said, Twitter or email or, or whatever. Um, nothing – I couldn't have done anything I've done to this point without the help of others. And so I, I realize that the older I get and, and I want to be able to help people in any way to, to really help other kids is what it's doing. So um, appreciate you guys having me on and uh, wish you guys the best of luck. All right, Coach. We appreciate it. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at run the triple on twitter our mesh point podcast has its own twitter page and that's at the mesh point again on twitter at the mesh point you can also find me on flexbonenation.com i run an option blog there we also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country and i've just added a new uh, section entitled podcast where you can download future episodes all right tony i want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media all right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great great way to uh, build our networks and, and and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear like Fear the Veer. You'll see in the background here, uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.